Sacramento has a new tag team in the midday. It's Styles and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. Getting you ready for Niners, Eagles, Kings, Nuggets, as Dave has said multiple, multiple times. It is a ridiculous weekend in sports. It's pretty crazy. It, it is I a mean, ridiculous weekend in sports. You have all of the... Just about everything you'd want. Yeah, you have all of the conference championships in college football tomorrow, starting tonight, Oregon versus Washington. I mean, that'll be a good one. Definitely want to check that out. It's a playoff quarterfinal game. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And it will be the last time, basically, Pac-12 will be represented. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, as the time the being. Year. Yeah. I don't think, Unless yeah. they figure it out. Oregon State and Washington State still own the licensing. <laughs> they're not going to yeah, figure well, it they're, out. They're not. Yeah, it, it, will, it will be, right? I don't know. It's hard to make things, hey, completely done, but that's what it seems like. So starting off tonight, I think that'll be a good game. I've College basketball, like, I'm looking tonight. Con- number four, Connecticut mm-hmm. against uh, number five, Kansas. There you go. That's not nothing. That is not nothing. A lot to watch this weekend, so hopefully everybody has – Good plans to enjoy. There's Colts versus Titans. It's great. No. Sac State, South Dakota. That's right. Sac State, South Dakota. You know it's really cold out there. Jason. Poor Jason. If you're listening, I, I hope you bought some hand warmers, brother. Let's see. Hope you bought some hand some hand warmers because it is a little nippy out there. Last week he was in North Dakota and he said it was feels like zero degrees. That's just not fun to me. It's not fun to me. Is is South Dakota the one with the uh, that's that's with uh, the uh, Mount Rushmore, right? Yes. Am I wrong? Okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I I was trying to think what mm-hmm. any of the Dakotas are used for. I don't believe yeah. he's in that city, but yes. Yeah. Why do we need two Dakotas? Will forever be my question. Perfect, even fifty states. Yeah. <laughs> two Carolinas. Two Carolinas for sure. You could argue. Did you get the weather? Really don't need the. Uh, yeah, it's thirty six degrees. In uh, South Dakota right now. Feels like negative four. <laughs> Good news, they're playing in a dome. Let's see. Yeah. Feels like 27. Feels like. So there you go. Feels like 27. Good luck, Jason. Hey, Jason. Good luck, man. And by the way, just from my time out there in, in Philly, as we talked to Philly guy himself, Philly native Jason Dumas at 1 p.m. from Cron 4 in the Bay Area, sports director, you know, I don't think hand warmers work. And I don't know if people need to whip them out sometimes. It, Tahoe and things like that. They don't work for me. Huh. They don't work. Now, what do you mean by they don't work? <laughs> like they don't well, actually warm up your hands? Like you don't feel the warmth I coming didn't. from them? So I would put them in my back pocket when I was freezing in the outfield. Right. And it didn't do anything for me. I, Not even like temporary relief. Like I understand I if it doesn't permanently, like, you know, like warm it up for. The I next would try five to put them not. I wouldn't go up to bat like this. Right. But I would put them <laughs> in my batting gloves sure. and just. And just think about how warm it is in California right now. And I just, I thought they were a waste of money. Maybe I bought the wrong brand. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Do hand warmers work? The Niners <laughs> will probably need some hand warmers oh this weekend. God. Yeah. No, they're going to need that big giant heater on the sideline. Right, 1,000%. Right. I don't think Kyle Shanahan subscribes to that like old Bud Grant Vikings mentality of, oh no, we're going to go out there. No, I don't want to see anybody yeah. rocking long sleeves or anything no. like that. No, uh in today's today's day and age, you put on that massive jacket yeah. and you sit as close to that heater as possible. Here on this fun Friday, what is the corniest thing players can do? Here, here are the options. Slap the ground. 
You beat me to it. Yeah. So I'm think so let's think of a list. <laughs> be a part of this list as well. 916-339-1140. Text line, call line, YouTube chat. We got to think of a name for the YouTube chat. I meant to tell yeah, you. Yeah, we got it. We'll think that. of a name yeah. over this week. Yeah. I got some ideas. Okay. But I don't want to premiere them <laughs> okay. live okay. until I get the okay gotcha. from Chris. Okay. So you have slapping the ground as yeah. a basketball player and then proceeding to get cooked. Get cooked. Whether you get cooked or not, it's just a bad look. Yeah. I have another one. Okay. Who's going to be the guy or who's going to be the team or a couple guys this season when it's really, really cold? Snowing, yes. Snowing, yep. and they come out of the tunnel with no shirt, shirt on. Shirt on, right. For the warm-ups. For warm-up. the warm-ups. Yep. For the warm-ups to show, I don't care. And then who did it last That's season? An, and I then don't they know. Got it's smacked. an Odell move, though. That's they got a smacked. big Odell move. So who's going to be that guy, DK. that team? Probably DK. Right. You know, he's just showing off, yeah, right? I mean, DK, you know, we know DK. It's yeah, like, yeah, we know. I get it. I get it. I we someone know. on the Buffalo Bills. Like, didn't the it Bills wouldn't be the Bills. It? it wouldn't be the Bills because they're fr- I guess right. they're they're showing we don't care. Right. But I think last season, if I'm not mistaken, we'll find it during the break. It was a team coming to a to say we don't care. I feel like it was DK. Wasn't it DK? He just like if it's not, it 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 might as well have been. That man's not wearing a shirt he, like yeah. 50 percent of the time. <laughs> exactly. Your bet is good. That's, that's that's more where I was coming from. I was like, I feel like. 90% of the time I see DK Metcalf, he doesn't have a shirt on. So it, it feels like it was. Here you go. Up. This was 2022. Crazy warm up that is. Here you go. Crazy warm up that's sweeping the NFL. Seahawks players go topless at 10 degrees Fahrenheit. That's when they were playing the Chiefs. It is it, when they were playing oh, the Chiefs. Oh, I remember Chiefs. that. Is there they any specific Seahawks mentioned? Let's see here. Because. Again, there's a prime led by one. led by receiver DK Metcalf. Deke. Yeah, and yeah. he he actually had that pretty cool celebration last night. He did the stand on business and sign yeah. language. But yeah, they 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 the Seahawks lost twenty four to ten, which is just even more hilarious yeah. to me. They right. also scored three points in the first half. Incredible. That's just. Shout really out DK. You really set the tone there. You really s- couldn't look stupider. Yeah. Right. <laughs> than, than trying to look all macho and intimidating yeah. in, pregame. In it's fairness like, to DK, he did have seven catches for 81 yards. Well, there you go. Yeah, because he was trying go. to warm he up. He's staying on he was business. Freezing. And he was the, <laughs> the memes last night for Bland getting just cooked by hey, DK. Hey I mean, you know Watch what? The slander. So here's the question. No, no, no. I'm just Sac saying. Finest. No, I, I hear you. <laughs> but here's my question. He was catching a lot of heat. So, Swiper, mm-hmm. right? De'Aaron Fox. We talk about de- defending and how steals kind of mean good defense, right. but not really. Steph Curry got a lot of steals. You get a lot of steals. It doesn't Allen necessarily. Iverson. Allen Iverson. It really just means you're quick. Do interceptions. Or you take risks. Do intercep- are steals the same as interceptions? Yes. Do interceptions actually make you a good corner? No. No. Trayvon Diggs. I mean, Trayvon Diggs literally made a living off of just taking risks and right. going for interceptions. And sometimes he gets beat. Sometimes he gets the pick. But yeah. that was early in his career. Like before he got that was hurt last this season, but la- before he got hurt this year, he was the number one graded corner in the league. Okay. Like he's a legitimately sure. okay. elite corner. I was just using sure. him as the example. But of last, season, that in his last season, season, last season, he had the most picks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also the most yards yes. gained against him as a corner. Yeah, exactly. for sure. He's the, he's the weird exception. Chris is right. I'm right too. We're both right. There you go, Kyle. Glad yeah. to have you back, yes. Kyle. Steel, steals are the equivalent of interceptions. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Right? Where it's like in in reality, the that's why Mike Brown never brings up steals. He never brings up blocks. He talks about deflections, and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Where I'm sure NFL coaches they probably don't really talk about interceptions. They're mm-hmm. more like. 
passes broken up and you know things like that. It, that's a lot more important to them than actually getting the interception and you know getting you know pick sixes even. You know that's at least you're getting points, but like that's kind of a arbitrary stat as well. You, it's right, like, it's all about calculated risks. Yeah. Yeah, right, all about calculated totally. risk because we've seen. I think it was just was it either last game or two games ago. It was definitely against the Warriors because I remember sitting next to you and De'Aaron. I think it. I think he got. He was on Sarich and he went for the steal and Sarich just went around him. Right. So it's all about calculated risk and you can't you can't do too much. I you know that's really not what you want to do and hopefully the Kings don't try to do too much against the Nuggets when right. they come to town because Jokic is probably one of those guys I would imagine. The, the ball is just right in front of you because he's a big dude and he doesn't he, it doesn't even feel like he dribbles that much right. once he crosses half court but there's going to be opportunities that you feel you can get it yeah. but he's he's going to bait you into some things and yeah. then he's going to take a shot above his forehead from three three feet beyond three point range and go it yeah no I mean and the Kings need to make sure that they don't hyper focus on Jokic though just because mm-hmm. even regardless of if Jamal Murray's playing or not. I remember there was a game last year where uh, the Kings played Denver in Sacramento, and Jokic had like three first quarter point or first half points, and he really just took the entire first half to get everybody else going because that's that's really the key with them. Mm-hmm. When we were talking earlier, it's like Jokic, that dude can get 35, 15, and fifteen every single night. So if he can get the other guys going first, his game is going to come. His scoring ability is is effortless almost at times, depending on who you put on him. What's key for Denver is that, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. gets going and you got to worry about him. If you can get Aaron Gordon cutting to the rim and being a lob threat, well, now you're worried about those guys. That's when Jokic can take advantage of one-on-ones and that's when he's the most dangerous. So, again, I feel like I say this every time, guard everybody. Don't don't just hyper-focus on the stars because the last thing you want is, like we've seen these last two games, the guys who haven't traditionally for those teams, whether it's Clay or Wiggins in that Golden State game or James Harden putting up 18 first quarter points uh, against the Clippers, the Kings cannot let guys who aren't traditionally going to get going, can't let them kill you. You just can't do it. You got to let the Nuggets just, I mean, let Jokic beat you almost is is Mm -hmm. the best course of action. Just let him try and get his and stop everybody else. But, you know, it's that's why he's the best, man. He really knows how to how to just read the situation. He'll he'll do whatever the defense gives you. Mm-hmm. And and it's that's he's he's just the best in the league at at recognizing uh recognizing that and and adjusting depending on how how teams guard him. Yeah. And you know the others as we call them on yeah. on both side on both teams. Aaron Gordon, by the way, San Jose guy, Bay Area yeah, sure. guy. Our shout out. Mitty. There you go. Shout out Aaron Gordon. But a question that I have for Aaron Gordon is we got to get to a break is he goes from being the bat, you know, not the runner up in the dunk contest. Is he just a guy who, is he just a guy who did not develop offensively good athleticism did not develop offensively. And then, Hey, I can be a darn good defender, right? Like in, in with the magic, I don't remember him being, I guess in the magic with the magic, that's when they were trying to figure out, are you going to do anything defensively are you going to be a superstar or are you going to be a rotation guy and then he gets to the nuggets and hey at this point you're going to be a really good rotation guy you're going to have a goal and it's just his offense now that he doesn't really need to be that offensive guy kind of draymond green the situation and he just 
he is it the chicken or the egg? Did he not really develop offensively because he hasn't had to, or do you think he had enough time to try to develop into something in yeah. Orlando and it didn't happen? So hey, now this is who you are in the league. Yeah, no, I think he, I think Orlando wanted his game to expand, but I just don't think that was best for him. Kind of like what we're seeing with Keegan. I think it's something mm-hmm. kind of similar to that, more in the sense of just they wanted Aaron Gordon to do more than what they had seen from him before and just wanted to see, are you capable of kind mm-hmm. of holding that level of workload? And ultimately, it's not really a sign of anything Aaron Gordon's not Aaron Gordon's fault, but I just think he's a lot better suited leaning into his strengths and that's being an athletic freak. Like yeah, he's, Oh, yeah. I mean, as we know from the Doug contest, yeah. dudes can dude can jump out the gym. Uh, and that's, that's, those are the things that Denver really highlighted was just his athleticism. They needed him to be a lob threat for Jokic and, and to be able to cut. And also, yeah, Jokic isn't the best defender. So they needed Aaron Gordon to be able to kind of go uh, and be that really good versatile four that can defend tons of different guys. There you go. Got to get to a break when we get back. We are comparing the twosomes, Jokic and Murray versus Bonus and Fox. And I asked Chris a very tough question about two guys that he thinks are generational talent. Sal's and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. The showdown is almost here. This Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers have their shot at revenge as they head to Philadelphia to face Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Play action, deep drop, pressured right away by Young and sacked by Eric Armstead. But it was Chase Young that got him off the spot. Get in my belly. The Niners have waited for this game all year, and it's finally here. Sunday at 1 on your home of the 49ers, Sacktown Sports. Live and local, it's Styles and Watkins. Watch the show on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen on the Sacktown Sports app. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will have Jason Dumas of KRO and Cron 4 News, sports director, originally from Philly, but covers the Niners. Now, all Bay Area sports, but covers the Niners. We will have him at 1 p.m. to talk Niners versus the Birds. And I, I so I saw it. The Niners are going to play the Eagles, or sorry, the Seahawks again. Right. So it goes, I believe it goes, when I saw the Birds schedule, it goes Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks. Jeez. Ravens, Cardinals, the bird line. Jeez. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's terrible. It's that's, a lot of birds. I mean, that's just, that's, I mean, that's got to, can't be a coincidence, right? The NFL schedule makers had to have lined that up and been like, this is, this is, this funny. is awesome. Yeah, this is funny. <laughs> is well, because you're going to have people like Dave, when it's done, say, the Niners are the first team to go 8 oh, and 0 right. against all bird birds. opponents. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. The stat muses and no, all that stuff. No, I love stuff. it. You do not. I don't. I mean, I, I. it's funny. It's whatever. It's a funny anecdote, but mm-hmm. it's like one of those things that some people do actually like think is real. There you, you know, go. Too like, bad they didn't play the Falcons this year. Oh, that's the one. Oh, that's the, that's the one. Is that it? The circle. Um, Cardinals, Falcons, Eagles, uh, Ravens. 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 Oh, yeah. Seahawks. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's I think it. That's all the birds. All the birds. For the birds. <laughs> For the birds out there. 916-339-1140. As we talked about 
corny things to do on a field or court. From the 916, honorable mention, clapping while guarding his defender and backpedaling from Chris. Yeah, I mean that's that's that kind of follows the the ground slap, you know. You gotta you gotta slap the ground first. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's know? part of yeah, yeah. That's honorable mention. That's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. I know we've normalized this one in sports, but the the putting up the four or putting oh, up the fist that's a at good the start one. of the that's fourth a good quarter. One. When defenders thing. when defenders put up the hold, right? They'll right. put up the fist, and it's clearly a first down. Oh, it's I wasn't even going that. Down. That's a good one too. Like when uh, who was the the receiver who signaled first? even though he was short on a fourth down. Oh, yeah, down. yeah. So, uh, was that Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe? I don't know. I know Pacheco does it, I think, on every play. Who He cracks yeah. me up, by the way. I could watch him run no, I was, all day. I was saying, like, at the end of the third quarter, mm-hmm. when teams all put up the four, like, oh, because it's the spare quarter. Oh, they, like high school and that's stuff. high school yeah. and a little bit of college. NFL does it, too, dude. No, they I do not. So. I've... I mean, yes, it is more college, but I've seen Text it Text me it if you see it this school. Sunday. Okay. Text me if you see I guess if it's a close game. But that reminds me of Friday Night Lights. We got to win state. If we don't win state. But it's so funny now because it was, uh, I, I was watching, I think it was like Florida State against like Boston College and yeah. both teams did it. I'm like, you're Boston College. Yeah. Why are you putting up the four? No, yeah. We'll see what happens in the fourth. You also have, Chris, the defender where it's a bad throw. And they're doing their arms like, oh, no, yeah, the DB strap, yeah. strap, I got you strapped up. Can't stand that. Oh, it's That's hilarious. It's a keep them coming. I hate the uh, every NBA person just calling for reviews. I got you. Now. I got you. So that that's the one where as soon as a foul is the look up, you look up to the screen. Yep. What a, look up. I got to see this. There's no way. There's yeah, no way. Every time. Yeah, the every look time. up, the look up. Keep them coming. There are plenty here on this fun Friday. And here is. Here is the tough question I have for Chris Watkins. Yeah. This is a guy. Now, it's going to be interesting because one, one guy is way more accomplished, but also a little bit older. When it's all said and done, who will be more generational of a talent? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know where I'm going. I feel like I yes, know where Yes, you do. Going. You do. Okay. Nikola Jokic, who the Kings will see sure. tomorrow night. Yep. Let's see how well we know each other. No, Who's I know the other? where you're going. No, I already know where you're going. Say it. Yeah, the the big boy, the uh, the other big boy, Luca. Absolutely, yep. yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Wow, Luka. it's been over a month. Yeah, we didn't know each other so well. Who will be more generational when it's all said and done? That's a fantastic question. And it's tough because I mean, if if all things were equal, if Jokic didn't win a title, I probably would say Luca. But it's it's kind of tough to try and figure out the next couple of years for Luca and see how a championship somehow just emerges mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I mean, to go from not even being a top 10 seed in the West last year to winning a title in the next two years or whatever seems unlikely. And it feels like Jokic at the very least, I mean, he's already got one. Um, and who knows? I mean, who, who knows if they can make a run this year or, or you know, a couple of years down the road, but their team is definitely a lot more in a win now territory. Yeah. Than Dallas, I kind of want to say Jokic. It's also like Jokic has a little bit of an easier he's climb positionally as well, where yeah. it's like you know some of the all-time great centers. He's already kind of knocking on the door of being like a top five center of all yeah. time, as crazy as that sounds. And Luca would kind of already like even just being the best forward of this generation would be tough. Like you would mm-hmm. have to obviously beat out guys like LeBron, but yeah. even being better than 
KD. Tatum. Right. Tatum. Or Tatum. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, both of those guys are pretty mm-hmm. much at the same point in their career. It's going to be a lot tougher for Luka. I feel like Luka has statistically, like it feels like he has a better chance of putting up numbers that we've truly never seen before. But, I mean, at the same time, Jokic has almost already done that. He's already doing it. I mean, it's it's really an impossible question, but I'll give Jokic just because he already has a 1-0 lead uh, in titles. Yeah, and MVPs. And MVPs, right? I didn't even think the MVP part. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Luka doesn't have any MVPs. So, actually, it's it's kind of – Jokic is running away with that race right now when you think about it. Yeah. I think it would what, be closer. two-year age gap right now? No, no. Three. So it's four years. Oh, okay. Well, so, I mean, well, that's pretty significant. Yeah. So Jokic is 28. Luka is 24. But yeah. my, honestly, I would go the opposite of where you're about to go. Uh-huh. And even though Luka is Luka. Yeah. I still the question is can Luca accomplish well one Jokic would have to stop accomplishing have anything to stop, right and then yeah two, they're direct yeah in four in each years way. in four years you think Luca will be sniffing what Jokic has done and has I don't know we haven't talked about yeah. Mark Cuban selling the team but Great still point. has control right. we don't know what's going on with the Mavericks right. and you know they're and they're tied in with Kyrie right now so they, he has <laughs> being to start in the Kyrie now. business is, yes is dicey yeah I'm not, I'm not gonna say anything about your future being positive yeah. if you're in the Kyrie business he's so gotta start winning now yeah and that's the yeah, something whether award, MVP something. something he's gotta yeah. win the accolade in season well I think they're actually out of the right. tournament yeah um, yeah no definitely I think that's a that's a great question and I, yeah, I mean, to, I, I would probably have to stick with Jokic, but I mean, yeah, if you're if you're trying to think of what the next four years best case scenario for Luca, maybe Luca can win an MVP this year. There's a chance. I mean, Dallas is playing really well. He's of course playing really well, but even then, what? He, Jokic already has two, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough. That's really tough. I don't know. And yeah, at what point does it get? I've been wondering this recently. You mentioned Mark Cuban selling the team. A lot of instability. We're already kind of on Luca squad part three or four. Yeah. At what point does Luca kind of look around and say, hey, I'm I'm doing this right, right? Uh, I'd like to request a trade out of here mm-hmm. because it feels like you guys have had this great talent for in myself for, for eight years now. And don't really have anything to show for it. Last time I checked in the NBA, if 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 that happens, if you've been in a place for a long time, now is about the time to ask out. And you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Luca at some at some point looks at his options. I think now he's really happy in Dallas right yeah. now. But you know, if if this Kyrie thing blows up, or if it's just they they don't have the ceiling that they think they have, I just wonder if Luca at some point is it starts to grow a little unhappy. Yeah, we know he likes to complain to referees well, he, at least. He, right? Is he complaining to Mark Cuban? Is is that going to happen next? Yeah, you'd have to go Jokic because he has the head start. Yeah. He's and, got the better situation around him too. Right, and when you talk about generational, we're not necessarily talking about. It's it's hard to measure because is it all based on accolades? Maybe not, but. Right. That doesn't you know, hurt. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't hurt at all. And if you're looking at what Jokic has already done and where Luke is, it's, I would never say that 24 is old. Right. It's more about does anybody right now, as even as a Kings fan, is anybody worried about the Mavs doing anything this season? I don't think seriously. No. Or no, next because season. they're relying so much. I mean, they rely so much on those two guys. Right. Like they they've got Derek Lively and you know Seth Curry in their starting right. lineup, and it's like. 
Hardaway yeah, Junior. Like, bless those guys, but that's that's not a Western Conference Finals team unless Luca and Kyrie are combining for like seventy points, and you know Luca's averaging a triple double in the playoffs mm-hmm. or something. It's just it's a really tough path to see how Dallas kind of turns it around quickly. And I mean, I I've loved Mark Cuban's as an owner. I think he's done a great job of constantly trying to keep that organization relevant. I just wonder how much how much I know he's still going to be heavily involved in basketball operations. I think he's still going to be the head of it, but I just wonder how much how much all that's going to affect it. Like, yeah, you know, I, all that stuff is is new, and it just takes one one little thing of you know Luca disagreeing with the direction of how things go for this thing to completely go sideways. Yeah, you got one with Dirk, so he did get his yeah his oh, one totally. as an owner yeah. and. Dirk was much less of a curious case. You knew what Dirk needed to be successful yeah. with Luca, and he is almost a jack of all trades. It's a lot harder to figure out. We're Mark is saying we're trying. Yeah. We had we got Porzingis, <laughs> got him out of here. Jalen Br- Brunson, and now you got Kyrie. We're trying to figure it out as the West is just a ridiculous a yes <laughs> right now. It is a mess. Got to get to a break. When we get back, try to take your Homer hat off. I know I it's tough. I can try. Jokic and Murray or Sabonis and Fox? Which duo would you rather have? Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins. Watch the show on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen on the Sacktown Sports app. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. 916-339-1140 is the number. Can you be objective about this? Who is the duo you would rather have? Not tomorrow night, just in general. Because Jamal Murray, we don't even know if he's playing, coming off that ankle after coming off that hamstring. Who is the duo you would rather have for the next, let's say, five years? Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray or De'Aaron Fox and Domas Sabonis? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go first here. Please. And it's tough. We know the obvious, right? Jokic is better than Sabonis, and I think De'Aaron Fox is better than his Kentucky yeah. brother in in Jamal about Murray. The Kentucky connection. That's why I know yeah. Jamal trying to play tomorrow night, right? Because right? you got him and Malik <laughs> yeah. Monk. But the the question is the gap between De'Aaron Fox and Jamal Murray. And if you put Jamal Murray, and I know we this is another overused sports tactic, putting guys on other teams and other right. dimensions. But I'm going to do it here. If you put Jamal Murray. On the Kings last season, they are not the three seed. No, they are not the three seed. No, in place of Fox, you mean? Yes, okay, yes, they are definitely not the three seed. Now, how much does that mean? Does that make up for the difference between Jokic and Sabonis? That's the question. Next five years, this is really tough, and I guess I would have to include injury history. This is really tough. And and Sabonis, we we've chronicled his struggles these last couple games. Hopefully he comes out. We'll do our dog set. We'll do our dog segment Arr. tonight or today because we won't be here tomorrow. Arr, arr. Thank you, Kyle. While I'm thinking, I got a quick answer for this. I think you have to go. Do you have to take the chance with Sabonis? Or sorry, do you have to take the chance with Jokic and go Jokic Murray? For me, it's Jokic Murray, and I don't even have to think about it for a second. Yeah, same. Really? Yeah. Is it all Jokic? No. I mean, for me, it's more of a team-building thing where Mm -hmm. 
I've been saying this for a while. Fox and Sabonis are really difficult pair to build around. Shout out Monty McNair because the problem is when you have two non-shooters on the floor, mm-hmm. that means the other three guys on the floor have to be shooters. And right. with Sabonis' defensive limitations, you also kind of – you just need very specific players to fill in the rest of that lineup. Mm-hmm. And when you have Jamal Murray and Jokic, you can realistically put whatever lineups you want out there. Like the, the, Because those two can still shoot, you don't have to worry about spacing. The Aaron Gordon. You Aaron, can have an Aaron Gordon out there. You can have an Aaron there. Gordon. You can have two non-shooters. You can have a Bruce Brown and an Aaron Gordon out there because you don't have to worry about the guys who have the ball in their hands most for those two teams – they can both shoot, so you don't have to worry about the floor being sh- shrunk or anything like that. They're both perfect for today's modern age. I mean, the <laughs> honestly, I mean, I wish De'Aaron could shoot like Jamal Murray. I think, especially with how the league is, he's getting is there. in today's he's getting there, he's not. He's not. He he's, is getting there. He's Chris. just not. He's just not. Chris, isn't he shooting better? Isn't he shooting better than last season? <laughs> yes, he is. He's up from yeah, thirty-two on or thirty-four percent up to thirty-six percent. And what's Jamal Murray? Jamal at? Murray's near forty for his entire career. He he's a really well, like I said. He's getting there. He's not going to get to forty though. Like thirty six or 37, 38 is about as good as you can hope for. DM, but I wouldn't say. Opinion. But I wouldn't say shooting uh, is like running a forty. I wouldn't say shooting is like speed. Right? If you were born, yeah. a four seven guy. Yeah. What's the fastest you think you can get to if you four, train five, your probably, your butt yeah, off? Four, four or five. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think that you can. I think that your percentage points in shooting... I don't think so. I think Davion Mitchell can't shoot and he never will be able to shoot. Like, I think Mike Conley is somebody who's, like, progressively gotten to a 37, What's the percentage you think you can can improve? If I come into the league at 35... Sure. What's the best I can get? I mean, to? it kind of depends on potential as well. Like Kawhi Leonard, somebody who came into the league and couldn't shoot at all, and mm-hmm. now he's able to shoot 40%. So realistically, you know, I mean, anybody can do it if you have the work ethic and you have the ability to do Chris, it. Chris, can I but, ask you something? Sure. Who, uh, who's Darren Fox? Can you remind me who he's signed to? Clutch. No, his shoes. Oh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry might be able to. <laughs> what's, what's Steph Curry going to do? Well, I'm just saying. I just Davion Mitchell just spent the entire summer working out with Steph's personal shooting coach. That's uh, that's not Steph. <laughs> you remember seven years ago when people thought there was going to be a million Steph Currys that would enter the league ten years from now? It's Buddy Heald, Trey Young, yeah, not going to happen. I'm not saying he's going to shoot like Steph. I'm yeah. saying he can continue to improve. He's not going to shoot. I don't better think than Steph Jamal is going to give him Here's, pointers. The point is. He can get close enough to Jamal sure. Murray, shooting would, wise. Yeah. So, so basically, you don't think the gap between Jamal Murray and De'Aaron Fox is that big? That's not what I'm. I, no, I think the gap is big. Mm-hmm. I just think. I mean, I also think the Sabonis Jokic gap is pretty massive. Mm-hmm. And for me, again, it kind of just more comes down to stylistically. I would much rather have two guys that I can space the floor with and feel like. I can really build a team around than Fox and Sabonis, who, again, I feel like when you have De'Aaron out there, you got to have a, a dynamite shooter at the two. You got to have somebody who can shoot at the three. Mm-hmm. You got to have someone who can play defense and protect the rim at the four because, and still shoot because Sabonis can't protect the rim less dynamic. at an elite level. Yeah, or so, less flexible. Yeah. I guess. So for me, it really just comes down to the team building exercise. And I just feel like you have to worry about fit a lot less when you're, when you're dealing with Jokic and, and and Murray more less so than you would have to think about the fit next to Fox. And yeah. So I guess where these things get hairy is it's two talents versus 
two talents versus two talents versus construction of a team. Yeah, it's and, styles too. Yeah, I mean, both so, those guys are more paint-centric versus right. guys who are a little bit more perimeter-centric. Right, so talent-wise, it's not that it's as ridiculously yeah. of a quick answer as you're saying, yeah. but roster construction-wise, yes. if you're Monty McNair, you're saying it was much easier to build a team around Jokic and Murray, and totally. that's why yeah. they already have a championship, exactly. right? I mean, exactly. I guess that's the, the that's the... The trump card right there. We have Scooter916 from the YouTube chat. Why is it only about shooting? I think Fox is a much better overall player than Murray. Yeah, I guess that's what we're kind of highlighting here, that if you're looking at a team and you're trying to construct a roster, can you? well, here's the thing. You were looking at OG, and I think OG's better shooter than Aaron Gordon, but you would have OG on the floor who is more of a defense guy. You're just saying, yeah, we need defense, but... we need to get something. You're sacrificing some shooting, but OG yeah. can shoot maybe at like a 37, 38% clip, which is which is okay. But also, like you can't just have OG be a complete non non shooter at all mm-hmm. because the Kings have tried that last year. They tried to start KZ Akpala. In the past, they've tried to start Mo Harkless, who are guys who just bring the defense in the length. Yeah. But the problem is those guys are pariahs on offense and mm-hmm. it sticks out a ton when the Kings run this motion three point centric three point shooting centric offense. And they have three guys on the floor who can't mm-hmm. shoot. So then Sabonis isn't a threat to shoot when he's got the ball at the high post, running the dribble handoff stuff. Fox isn't really a legitimate three-point threat that you're going to close out on tight. And then if Mo Harkless or Casey Akpala is out there, you're just completely leaving them. So right. it just it really makes it's just more about making it more difficult on you. It's not even necessarily you know, NBA shooting is is at a premium nowadays because I think you look at the Orlando Magic, you don't have to be able to shoot threes in order to 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 win ball games. There's different ways of winning ball games. I just think aesthetically it's a little bit better and I feel like it's again just a little bit easier of a team building exercise with how the game is played today to have those two guys out there. When it comes to when it comes to defending teams and being an elite defensive team and being an elite offensive team and being a good team all together, as simple as it sounds, you know, it's easy to say, okay, everybody has got, if you're in the, if you're in contention, you have a legit one, you have a legit two options, right? Yeah. Your first option, your second option. And a lot of these teams these days have a legit third option. Yeah, but totally. what did we see? And I know you were joking about Moses Moody and the Kings got the W, but <laughs> Teams are always going to leave somebody. Most yeah. teams defensively have to leave somebody yeah. because of the star power, specifically in the Western Conference. So having a De'Aaron Fox or having a Sabonis versus having a Jokic and Murray, that fourth option is much more important, I guess, on a team with Sabonis and Fox yes. than it is on a team with Jokic and Murray because if that fourth option is Aaron Gordon, you can live with it more so than Aaron Gordon being on the Kings, but it's no indictment on the talent right. that that it, that that De'Aaron Fox possesses himself yeah. and Sabonis. It's really just about roster construction. Yeah. Chris is putting on his, his GM hat, right? Like but but and the only thing I would I would say, and not to try to be prisoner of the moment here, would be injury with Jamal Murray. Of course, yeah. No, and that's a major, major, major yeah. red flag, absolutely. Uh, but also, I mean, then, if you want to take it to the Jokic side, we're not having generational conversations about De'Aaron Fox. I love De'Aaron Fox. He's not playing yet. out of control. You kind of see those things. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... We don't, we, yes. I can also get into a 
dark conversation about no, like, it's a you Friday. Know, it's a fun yeah, Friday. We're like, not going we, there. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to go there. But yeah. I, I feel like Jokic is just that guy is is foolproof. The only thing that's going to stop Nikola Jokic from being like a, a all time great mm-hmm. for the next ten years is if he truly doesn't love basketball. Horse and he's racing. like, I'm tired of this, and I just yeah. want to watch my horses. Yeah, horse that's racing. It. That's the only thing that's going to stop him. There you and go. And like, yeah, he's and he's only going to get better. He's going to get more physically dominant as he enters his thirties and. You also really don't have to worry about like injuries derailing his career. Now, can he be injured? Of course, but like if Jokic tears his ACL or something, I don't think his style of play coming back is going to be a whole lot different. No. And that's a little bit more of a concern when we're talking about if we're going to talk about injuries like aging guys. I've always wondered this. I asked G Man about it actually the other day. Um, De'Aaron Fox, like post injury, if. And I, Let's. I. I don't want to talk about it, but like, yeah. I mean, De'Aaron's game is heavily yeah. reliant on athleticism, finishing at the rim. Well, we saw what's happened with guys like we talk about Derrick Rose, about John Wall, about even Russell Westbrook. A lot of those guys' careers are pretty much over by the time they're thirty two. Those are Skywalkers, though. I mean, De'Aaron's game. I mean, it's more just their their games are heavily based on athleticism. Right. I would even argue to even take it away from that. I would even argue just the fact that De'Aaron drives so much. Sure. Yeah. Right. And when you get older in your career, got to get to a break. When you get older in your career, that's when you see the Vince Carters of the world develop a jump shot because I'm trying to chill. When I come back from Achilles, I'm going to have to work up a jump shot because I'm not going to be <laughs> exactly. driving get to the, to, rim to the cup anymore. Got to get to a break. When we get back, the ringer had a great article about the Kings, whether they can level up or are they hitting a ceiling? We break all of that down and more. Got some Niners talk coming up in 15 minutes with Jason Dumont, Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. The Sacramento Kings conquered the Thunder, the Spurs, the T-Wolves and Warriors for an undefeated run through Group C of the in-season tournament. Tough ball away, bank shot is good! Philippe Monk somehow banks it home, 7.4 seconds to go! Now it's the knockout stage in a matchup with the New Orleans Pelicans. Losers out, winners off to Las Vegas. Join us for Kings and Pelicans, Monday at 7 on Sacktown Sports and the Sacktown Sports app. Sacramento has a new tag team in the midday. It's Styles and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. The Ringer wrote an article about the Kings, and they break down whether the Kings can level up or are they hitting a ceiling. Chris Watkins, you made me hip to The Ringer. What yes. did you think about the article? Uh, it was it was a great article, actually. Uh, I would highly recommend everybody read it. It's kind of a little bit of a... Uh, it kind of starts as a state of the state a little bit, like how we got here. Uh, talks a lot about De'Aaron and his growth and his development um, and what's been the difference from uh, this year and last year and in the past, just what's what's been the biggest reason for this now MVP talk that he's in. Um, and also, and then just kind of... it. it ends up kind of spiraling into Mike Brown and his impact talks a little bit about Keegan as well. And then, uh, ends the article as we like to do a lot on this show, of course, with some trade machine stuff mm-hmm. with, with talking about what is, because ultimately the, uh, the title of the article for people who want to go look at it is can the Kings level up or are they hitting their ceiling? And the ultimate, um, goal or whatever at the end of, by the end of the article is to try and figure out much like what we've been talking about pretty much all season is, what is the move for this Kings team? Is it 
sticking with continuity? Is it uh, Fox and Sabonis are the future? Is it OG and Anubi, Pascal Siakam being brought over? Uh, or or is there some other – should the Kings be patient and maybe wait for, uh, you know, a Carl Anthony Towns or whatever to become disgruntled or, or whoever that next big star might be? Uh, it's a really, really good read. I would heavily recommend everybody uh, goes out and, and reads it. It's by uh, Sharat Sh- Sh- Sohi. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Sharat Sohi uh, of, of, the, uh, of The Ringer would really, really highly recommend for any Kings fans out there. There you go. And, you know, there comes a time in every man's life, there comes a time in every team's life and every team's cycle where you think you have a lot of time and it's honestly something that only comes with success. If the Kings don't make the playoffs last season and they're not a three seed, they have different questions. But honestly, questions that they're used to. Yes. That they're more so used to. These are questions that... Kings and Kings fans haven't been used to because, you know, you have the conversation about measuring success and what has been a good run, right? Let's use the Niners, for example. Kyle Shanahan, it's been a great run so far. NFC Championships. Undeniably. Yes. You've been to to a Super Bowl, haven't been able to get it done yet. You've had some injuries. And it looks like right now you did it with the quarterback that just hasn't been very good in Jimmy Garoppolo Mm -hmm. or isn't very good. Maybe... Pre-injury, Jimmy, doesn't, doesn't matter because a lot of the, the things that you did was Jimmy while after, you know, he had those injuries and while he was getting injured coming back and you missing draft picks, you, you've been able to power through these things. But as of right now, if Kyle Shanahan were to say, I'm out, I'm leaving, it gets to the conversation of how do you measure that success? Right. Right. And Kyle Shanahan, if you are a Niner fan, would you say that the Kyle Shanahan era was a success. Right. I would say you'd have to say yes if you're talking to your buddy who's a Raider fan. Exactly. That's right? exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> but but if you hold yourself, it depends Higher on what standard, your expectations right. are. Quest for six or whatever, Quest for right? six. That, that didn't last very long. That was their slogan for, <laughs> I think, one it season. Was. And it just imploded. But if that's your expectation, hey, we we win yeah. Super Bowls. And I mean, there's some Raider fans that feel the same way. That was a further <laughs> longer time ago. But there's some Raider fans that feel the same way. But Kyle Shanahan says, I'm out. I'm going to wherever it is. Would you call Kyle Shanahan Simon success? I think most people would say yes. I feel like you have to. You'd have to. You have to. Like you, you can't you can't be too lost in the day to day of everything mm-hmm. to to say he's oh, but he never you know he never got over the hump and like yeah. Kyle was brought here to bring a championship and he didn't bring a championship so it's a failure. I mean, you got to look at like you said the relative like it's it's not even relative. It mm-hmm. just is like he was successful. If you, all you can ask, I say this all the time, all you can ask is to be in the race, like have a chance at winning, and they've put themselves. Mm-hmm close enough to be in the conversation every single year. Most teams, like, and by most, I mean like 98% of -hmm. teams cannot say that over even a three-year stretch. And the Niners have been able to do it for pretty much Kyle Shanahan's entire time for the most part. Of course, more years, more successful than others, but I think it has to be a success. There's no way. I mean, especially when you look at 
like, you know, the the Panthers can't keep mm-hmm. their coach for 11 weeks. So I was like, yeah, I would consider Kyle Shanahan's run a success. Any team would take the run that the Niners are on right now. To me, that's and undeniable success. Since yeah. 2019, how many teams in the NFL do you think have above a 700 winning percentage? Maybe Maybe three. one or two. Yeah. I would say. I would it's, say two. It's five. Wow. And one of them is the Niners. Yeah. And they've been to three NFC championship games in those four years. There you go. Now. It's a huge success. Now, I would say success is relative, right? So here we go. The Niners, most people would call it a success if Kyle Shanahan stopped coaching right now. I just want to kick it with my kids. I'm good. Right? Kings, 2000s, Chris Webber, the crew. It, was that a success? Didn't Absolutely. win the big one. Absolutely. Of course it is. Of course Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Now, if let's say, because things can change, right? When the Warriors stunk, it was a little bit different. Now, let's say the big three right off into the sunset and Kaminga proves Chris wrong <laughs> and turns things around and Moody turns things, yeah. Pajemski, whoever, yeah. and they have a similar run to the Kings. I'm, I'm going all. crazy oh, here. Okay. Right. I'm going, I'm going. I thought you were going to say another. No, they no, 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 no. There's no way. More titles. There's I'm no like, way. So let's say. No, you would have kicked me out of the studio. In the next six years, let's say two conference finals, six playoff appearances, but they never get back to the finals. Right. With this new regime, the the younger version or this this new era of, of Warrior fans, I don't, I think Warrior fans would still appreciate it, but I think there are a lot of Warrior fans that wouldn't. Because, hey, now all of a sudden, the Patriots, right? They struggled. And then Bill right. Belichick changed their view of success because they started winning. So I, I do think it matters. You know who's a name and you know who's a good example of this? And I get on them because there's always one. There's always somebody. I'm going back to March Madness. Maybe because March is my birthday. Maybe yeah. that's why I like March Madness so much. There's always one that's going to pick them. And everybody thinks it's finally going to be their year. And I get on them because I never <laughs> picked them. Yeah. Mark Few and Gonzaga. Yep. He built that thing from the ground up. Right. The little old WCC conference. They have not won the big one. They've been, right. they've been to multiple national championships. Have not won. You think the people, what is it, Spokane? Do you yeah. think that <laughs> Gonzaga, you would, consi- would you consider Mark Few's time in Gonzaga success? Yes. Without a doubt. It might percent. be the most successful college basketball program, <laughs> non-Duke and yeah. non-Kentucky right. of the last for 20 pound. years. Pound yeah. for pound, possibly ever, They're based on what he's given. Yeah. Right, one and dones now. Yeah. At Gonzaga. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, so success is relative. Yeah. But with all that being said, you are selling a product, and the goal is to win the whole thing. Yep. So the Kings are in a tough spot to where totally. I think Sacramento Kings fans love just being in the race. It's yes. been so long since this they've been in the race. This is already successful. Mike Brown's already been successful. But if you're Mike Brown, job. if you're Monty McNair, you can't think like no, that. No, you can't. No, You no, no. can't think no, like this that. this is just the beginning. You don't yeah. want to take a step back, right. but now the question is, what can get us to that next level? Things might look... Now, here's the thing. You might make a move... And does that necessarily put you in better contention this season? Maybe it looks clunky. Right. Maybe it looks clunky, and now it's next season is the play, and Kings fans are saying, hey, we were chilling. What's the problem? Now you have a situation where it was Monty, Monte Ellis versus Steph Curry, and Warrior fans, what, Steph Curry can't stay on the court. He's got ankle <laughs> problems. Yeah. What's going on? So the Kings have a lot of decisions to make, but ultimately I think that from what I've, what I've seen so far with Kings fans, they are – Currently enjoying being yeah. in the race. When does that change? I think right. this season will change a lot. I think it'll change a Probably lot. Probably can. I mean, yeah, once playoffs comes around, that's when we'll really get 
how people feel like this season should have gone. Like the regular season, you know, you have ebbs and right. you have flows. We're still pretty early in the season, but come playoff time, that's when, you know, it was a it was hotly debated during the summer is to the Kings, do the Kings have to make the second round mm-hmm. in order for this season to be successful? It was a really hot button topic, and I think it's going to be reignited come pl- just once the playoffs come. To your point, that's when people will start having uproar if the Kings lose in the first round. They can lose in four. They can lose in seven. I don't think it's going to matter. People are going to say, well, see, you didn't get better. Mm-hmm. You didn't get better. And so, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see this kind of being the last season where this is fun, really. right? And, and this yes. doesn't become just. Are we? What are we? The fan base almost, you know, infighting. Memphis Grizzly fans, the, Z- the Zebo years right. was that considered success? I know Absolutely. we got to get to a break. Chris, so. two second answer. Yeah. Kirk Cousins' time with the Vikings, success or not? <sighs> two seconds, Chris. Yes. There you I would go. Say yes. All right, Jason Dumas. When we get back, Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.